Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your weekly overview of precious metals and market updates. I'm your host, J.D. Bauman, and I'm here with my brother, Joel. Thanks for tuning in. Good to see you, Joel. How you doing? Hey, J.D. All is well. But you should ask me that in a couple of weeks after I've, I've, I've compromised my... <laughs> my resolutions so but so far so good how, how, how are those going by the way i went outside last weekend got got my son good to do it again this weekend and uh, scripture memory has been going well i've been emily and i we've been putting it the song so that's glad to hear it um shall we jump in let's go this week was a pretty interesting week on several fronts so jumping first into price action for gold a relatively stable week with some more volatility in the last day or two Big news was Thursday's CPI announcement. So CPI inflation came in higher than expected. You would think that higher inflation would be good for gold, but actually, no. What it means in the near term <laughs> is, is you know, more Fed manipulation and uh, and and higher interest rates. So gold actually went down, potentially higher for longer. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, but the bigger news was this morning, right? Yeah, this morning. Uh, actually, Thursday. So it, it takes a bit of time for the news to cross over the Atlantic. But uh, there was a US-British airstrike against the Houthi rebels in Yemen. I think these are allegedly Iranian-backed rebels who've been hmm. blocking shipping lanes, causing chaos, global yeah. trade, which, by the way, means more inflation with <laughs> with so much shipping being blocked. But ho- hopefully, this will clear up a bit. But it, we did see gold tick up on the news. This does mean you know more for conflict in the Middle East, more instability. So we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, and, and not to go down that rabbit trail, but inflation by what we use the modern term of inflation for, which is higher consumer prices, because it adds friction anytime you block the supply chain. There's more uh, lead loss, just like what we saw in COVID. But um, yeah, just correct. Not just, the just a clarifying point. Not the Austrian not the easy Austrian definition of inflation, yeah. which is changing. Yes, exactly. Well, Joel, what are what are some of the the headlines you've been following that affected gold price and and, and market news this week? Okay, taking a big step back. The really shiny jobs numbers from last Friday, January 5th, it came out with 216,000 jobs that are on the payroll that came out for the, the U.S. job jobs numbers. The forecast was 168,000. So usually when you get a big delta like that, it's really strong for the dollar. It kind of keeps markets tame. It gives some optimism for the economy. But wasn't there, you know, this whole last year was all about um, there's higher bankruptcy rates, there's a big layoffs. Um, and so there's a little bit of a contradiction on the data. And then I looked into it further. Sure enough, all the numbers that have been posted recently that have been positive have been revised. So the previous like December data, the previous November data has been revised. So I'm almost positive this will get revised too. But even if it doesn't, when you look at it a little bit further, well, one thing is like JD, you like you know at face value why we don't love these non-farm payroll numbers to begin yeah, with, right? Yeah, it, it it's trying to simplify something that's much more complicated in reality. And actually, if you look at the CPS household survey data, it, it strongly implies that the number of full-time jobs is is falling. Yeah, not to mention what you said with bankruptcies. So I have here U.S. bankruptcy filings surged eighteen percent in twenty twenty three. Uh, so this is mostly commercial bankruptcies, but there's also a rise in personal bankruptcies. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense with interest rates at their highest in, in many, many decades. This is 
this was anticipated. And this is one of the reasons why the Fed has to bring interest rates down. Well, I'll, I'll cut you off here because it's like, no, you're 100% right. Higher interest rates pushes out the marginal debtor, which is most businesses that are up to their eyeballs in debt. If you look at both private and public debt, like the debt is just at all time highs. I was more so hinting at what Peter points out, which are the two big fudge factors. One is just a bunch of part-time jobs. Those always skew the numbers upwards, but then also just the labor participation rate, which has been dropping. That also skews the number because then you get these low, low unemployment indi- you know indicators of like three. You know, I think it was three point seven percent was the, the the current running unemployment rate, which is just such a skew. Like it's like not indicative of reality. When you actually look at the BLS statistics, the CPS household survey data, they have on there a falling full-time jobs, which directly impacts his tax revenues, which directly impacts the lifeblood of just the quality of life for the average Americans, the people who are trying to save, they're trying to be prudent, and they're trying to maybe get a house for the first oh, time. Yeah. This is your guy, Joe Brown, right? This is the Heresy Financial video you were talking to me earlier, right? You were saying projected tax revenue yes. is yeah. down from... What was it uh, in in 2022? 4.9 trillion, but now we're seeing about four to four and a half trillion. So a it's, huge reduction. It's coming in, tax in at four point five is what the projected. You like right now? I mean, we're still in January. All the we'll get the hard numbers in April, but th- usually by January they have a good indication on the projected amount, and it's coming in at five hundred billion less. Which take this how you will, but it's a hundred percent recessionary indicator going back to the nineteen eighties when wow. they when they look at the stuff. Candid with that. On a final note here, this was a interesting week for Bitcoin. So it's been anticipated for a while now. Bitcoin has been trying to break into the mainstream with establishing an ETF. So you could buy it on BlackRock or wherever you get your your ETFs. Um and big announcement from the SEC on Tuesday, I think, that Bitcoin would be would be permitted to be an ETF. And then about 10 minutes later, it was deleted and, and yeah. <laughs> announced that, oh, this was actually a hack or some kind of compromised account, which I thought was kind of an ironic start for, for maybe not ironic, but quite fitting start for an asset like Bitcoin, just quite Wild West-esque. I can't think of too many other too many other assets whose announcement to the SEC is accompanied by some kind of some kind of hack or some kind of infiltration. Yeah, there's a romanticism to it, like the just the unpioneered journey, the speculative ride that is Bitcoin. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, of course, it happened with <laughs> with the Bitcoin announcement, like Gary Gensler scrambling to get on his Twitter account. This was not approved by the SEC, <laughs> um, which so it, and it's so it was so believable. It's, it's such a fitting omen. Oh, it is. And, you know, it, this certain this objectively opens up more avenues for just everyday people to, to hop in. And, you know, is this going to be the breaking of the dam? You know, this new wave, a new era of commercial funds coming in and boosting up crypto? Probably not. Um, it doesn't fundamentally change anything about the instrument. It's just the means in which you can own it. Like, yes, there's more counterparties like Fidelity and BlackRock that are now issuers of these ETFs, like, does that make it more legitimate, more stable? In some ways, I'd, I'd rather own an ETF than hold it on a wallet or an exchange that could get hacked. But it's it's still like Peter Peter noted this on a tweet that he posted shortly after. 
is this the the tweet about Bitcoin being so difficult to buy directly? You basically have to have a third party custodian <laughs> to be able to, oh, to acquire it. Uh, no, it was just like it's just the more I was going on a on a higher level approach where he he addresses the the fundamental efficacy of Bitcoin as a currency. It's just it's not. It's a speculative tool. It's a wealth transfer means. He talked about it. You know, jury is still out as to how much wealth will be lost and who will lose it. But those who bought Bitcoin early and got out certainly took a lot of the wealth away from those who got in later. Did you any other big economic data that crossed your desk? No, nothing. Nothing else big this week. Looking at the week ahead, doesn't seem like anything big is on the horizon. Still waiting to hear back from the Fed about their plans to decrease interest rates and when exactly that'll come into effect. So barring any massive market disruptions, we shouldn't see we shouldn't see a ton of volatility uh, in the coming week or two here in January. Um, Joel, you didn't ask me about my New Year's resolutions last week. I'm keen to run five miles a day, five days a week. So uh, oh, hold me to it. it. Okay. Hold me yeah, to it. We ta- we've, we've talked about that. Well, you'll do it. I have no doubt. You'll, you'll crush it. So... Well, uh, exciting to yeah. To let's check see. In. Let's touch base next week. Have a good week, everyone, and we'll we'll see you then.